Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And now sports. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, the only local sports morning show in Central Texas. Austin's all sports leader, the Horn. Yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better. Well, get them up, get them going Tuesday on E and Rod B. That is right, it is Austin's only morning sports conversation, five hours, five days a week. So looking for your help on naming the new show something more. As Rod Baber said yesterday, needs some spice to it. Can't just be E and Rod B, that's us. What does the uh, name need to be? You can see to help with that. Specs text line 512-337-3776. Also getting some great suggestions on our Twitters. I'm at Aaron Hogan. He is at uh, Rod Babers. And, of course, uh, The Horn is at The Horn ATX on Twitter. Hit us up there. Ty Henderson is here as well as we launch five hours of conversation. We've got a lot to do coming up. We'll dive, dive behind the burn orange curtain, talk some Texas football. Five practices in, standout players. AP, or excuse me, the coaches poll is out. AP Top 25 should be out later this week. We'll dive into all that here from Steve Sarkeesian and others. Also, uh, uh, big baseball series in Baltimore tonight. Rangers get some bad news on the uh, injury front as the Astros, by the way, visited the White House yesterday, which was cool to see. Uh, but he is the lifetime Longhorn and 16-year fixture on your radio dial here in Austin, Texas. Number 21 in your Texas football program. Number one in your heart, my man, Rod B. Rod Babers. I appreciate uh, the intro and I appreciate being here with you, brother. You and too. all you guys out there listening, too. Yeah, Appreciate man. you most of all. Appreciate you finding us, and also appreciate frustration with uh, the signals. We said, get the Horn app, get the Horn app, AM 1260, yeah. 101.9. You know we're going to hear from that. But uh, that. Uh, efforts being held to uh, or had to improve the 101.9 signal, we knew this would be the issue. That's why we said over and over, and over get the Horn app. It is so simple to use. Uh, I, always, I was thinking about this last night, Rod, for people who send tweets, and we appreciate the tweets and the communication about the frustrations with uh, the signals. Um, you know, I promise you, once you download and add that 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 app to your phone, your smartphone, uh, it it it's easier to turn us on and listen to us than it is. To, it takes more time to send that tweet than it does to turn on the Horn app <laughs> and listen to the show. Uh, so the, the time it took you to to write out that tweet, and we appreciate it. Uh, you could have been listening to the program. So uh, dial it up, fire it up, and uh, it's going to be the only morning sports conversation you're going to find in Austin, Texas, and throughout the great state. And we appreciate you being there. Ty Henderson is here as well. He'll be pushing the dials and. Uh, uh, coordinating this operation this morning. Ty, how you doing? Doing all right. Day two. Rangers win yesterday. Rangers night. win. Yeah, Rangers so win. But some bad good. news for your all-star third baseman, which we'll get details on. Uh, Rod, you mentioned, uh, you told us yesterday, revealed four-mile four jog before the show. This morning you said no jogging. No jog. Just some uh, Herschel Walker push-ups. Just got to do some uh, some push-ups, some abs. You know what I mean? You got to take, take it easy. on You got to upper body, lower body. Otherwise, Father Time will just break me down, so I can't do that. But I got I to work out in the morning just to wake up. This is my wake-up plan. I don't usually get up and work out, but I got to get up and work out just to make sure I wake up. And oh, man, Ty's looking clean cut today. I just kind of looked at. Yeah, well, by the way, you can watch the program on Twitch too. No, you got it looking clean cut. You got something that you, did you? No, uh, I think he's no. got a, he's got the his headphones are pulling his hair back. He's oh, got, he's got the flow. Whoa, that's what it is. I man. think ninety percent of the time you probably see me in a hat. Oh, <laughs> that's also true. Good point. And yeah. me too. I'm a hat guy all the time. So good point. That's yes. Good point, now, anyway, well, look, well, hey, you know what? Looking good. That's all I'm I appreciate say. it. <laughs> you know, I, I did see some of our uh, videos that went out on uh, social media yesterday. Ty, you might you know, turn some lights on in there. It's a little dark up in there where you are. Yeah, my bad. No, I, I like <laughs> that. I like doing the show. And I don't like these lights. I usually turn lights off when I come into Well, this the is a big production now. Yeah, yeah well, I like, big production. I'm a lights, I'm a lights low kind of guy. Yeah, well, and you're also used to the sunshine because you're uh, also used that to is the also afternoons. true. <laughs> yeah, the sun rising at my back is also a little weird, oh, but that's yeah. cool though. I like it is it. cool. It is cool. Uh, a couple of suggestions on the specs text line already this morning. So around the horn with Ian Rod B. Spicy bites with Ian Rod. Spicy bites or bits? Spicy bits. I think spicy bits. Spicy. Hey, you know what? Either way, it's pretty good. Spicy bits. Well, actually, there's a there's a restaurant out by uh, 
Hayes High School where my kids went to school called Spicy Bite that they used to like to go to oh, get breakfast tacos and things of that nature. You but, already uh, think about food. So, well, I don't I won't eat till lunchtime. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> got five hours to cover and a lot to do. Right of ground to get there. A lot of Texas football chatter. A lot of college football conversation. Let's start the hours we do each with the headlines. Trending topics to start your Tuesday. UBO Business Services brings it to you. College football starts it. Texas Longhorns wrapped up their fifth practice of training camp yesterday morning. Afterwards, head coach Steve Sarkeesian held a media availability and was asked which players have caught his attention through the first week. He immediately mentioned defensive tackles Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton and praised the early work from transfer wide receivers, transfer wide receiver A.D. Mitchell, as well as freshman wideout Jonte Cook. We'll hear from Sark coming up. Offensive line expected to be a strength for Texas this season with all five starters returning and several young, talented players behind them. One of those returning starters is sixth-year right tackle Christian Jones, who has seen a lot on his time at the 40 Acres. He's extremely optimistic about this year's team. I believe that um, this locker room is very special. And, uh, I mean, I've been here longer than some of the bricks in the building. Like, so I'm not, I'm not joking when I say, like, this, this locker room is, is very special and it's a real brotherhood bond and, like, People are staying late, you know what I mean, getting extra reps in and like voluntarily, no one has to tell them like they want to be great, everyone wants to be great and um, the, the hunger is there and like uh, I just am very excited to see. Christian Jones will start at right tackle or number 70. Also yesterday, USA Today preseason coaches poll released. Two-time defending champion Georgia Bulldogs atop the rankings. Uh, champs until proven otherwise. They're followed by Michigan and Alabama. Texas, the highest ranked Big 12 team at number 12. TCU comes in at 16. The Oklahoma Sooners at 19, Texas Tech 24, Texas A&M at 25. Elsewhere in college athletics, Pac-12 down to just four schools after the defection of five universities on Friday. Four remaining schools, including Cal and Stanford, scrambling to find a place to land. Big 12 has already added four former Pac-12 members, but reports yesterday indicate the Big 12 leaders are not planning to expand further. ESPN's Pete Thamel, meanwhile, reporting this morning that ACC leaders are set to begin exploratory discussions with potentially adding Cal and Stanford, but the scheduled discussions considered to be in the embryonic stages. Major League Baseball, light Monday, Astros and Express both off. AL West Lady Rangers did open their series with lowly Oakland with a 5-3 win, rallying for two in the eighth to get the victory. They extend their lead over Houston to three full games atop the division. Some bad news for the Rangers yesterday. Official word, the third baseman Josh Young will have surgery this week on his left thumb. He's going to miss six weeks. All-star and strong candidate for AL Rookie of the Year. Injured that thumb during Sunday's win over Miami. Texas manager Bruce Bochy optimistic that Young can make a return this season to the lineup. Speaking of Houston, they spent their off day at the White House in Washington. Manager Dusty Baker made it clear the club was happy with their 2022 World Championship but believes his team uh, would like to make another run. I said the night we won that if we won one, we'd win two. And so now i got to keep my word. I like keeping my word. <laughs> There he is, Dusty Baker at the White House. Astros will open a big series in Baltimore tonight. First place Orioles sporting the best record in the American League at 70-42. and 42. Round Rock opens a six-game home series with Albuquerque tonight out of Dell Diamond. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Texas number 12 in the preseason coaches poll. Too high, too low. Think about right about, about right. right. I think it's about. I, mean, I like twelve. You know, okay. you're not a top ten team. You haven't proven that. But you know, roster, players, talent, it's all there. Um, and I think. Oh, yeah. I think the fact that they were the, you know, the the preseason pick of the media to win the Big Twelve, they're probably rightful that they're the highest ranked Big Twelve team. I didn't mention Kansas State is at seventeen. I skipped them in the headlines. That Kansas State comes in at seventeen. That didn't seem they right. They got as I TCU ahead of uh, Kansas State there, said 16, right at 16. Yeah, Texas is the highest ranked Big 12 team. Texas, uh, TCU, K State at 16 17. Of course, they played in the championship game a year ago, went to overtime, great game. Um, then Oklahoma 19, Texas Tech, and Texas AM. Uh, you know, the, the, the one thing that, that stands out to me about the poll, Rod, is that Texas is at 12, and there's not another Big 12 team anywhere in the top 15. Whereas if you're Georgia, right, you know, there are three teams in the top five out of the SEC with Alabama, Georgia, and LSU. Uh, Ohio State and Michigan are both in the top four with Penn State at number seven. USC is sitting there at number six. But uh, there's Washington at number 11, of course, beat Texas in the, uh, yeah, in the, the Alamo Bowl, Bowl last year. Uh, yeah, so, they got the quarterback that returns. He's a good player. So if you're considering Texas, you know, maybe more than just a Big 12 contender, if things go well, you just heard Christian Jones talking about the special locker room, the the bond of the brotherhood bond that's going on behind the scenes, and 
as Christian said, he's he's older than a lot of the bricks in the building. I believe he's the only one that was there for that Big 12 yeah. championship, right? Yeah, he was part of the 2018 recruiting class, right? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That is wild. You but you get a lot of years this year. We talked about that. Guys are getting six, seven years yeah. in college now. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he was 2018. He came in as a defensive tackle out of Cyprus. And now here he is as a sixth-year offensive tackle. But, man, he, he made some big strides last year under the, the coaching of, of Kyle Flood on the mm-hmm. offensive line. Uh, feels like his body, you know, really growing into himself, learning the position. He can in, improve his draft stock uh, uh, this year. But, uh, you know, you were part of that, Rod, when the, the, bond, the brotherhood bond began to came together, come together at Texas. And it, it's a pretty powerful thing when it does. It matters. Uh, you have to, you know, care for the guy next to you, want to play for the guy next to you, um, the man to your left, the man to your right. It is part of the the chemistry uh, and and the culture that Sark is building. So I do, I do think this is a close team. That's just part of it, though. Um, they're a clo- we were a close team. We won eleven games two years in a row, but man, we still underachieved. That's how high the standard is. Like we won eleven games and didn't beat Oklahoma, didn't win a Big Twelve title. In my opinion, considering the talent level that we had, we underachieved. It was a dis- so that's like I don't know. So the expectation level and the standard we always talk about that they're two different things. The standard is really high at Texas. Uh, what's the expectation level this year? It's one of the first years where the expectation level is as high as the standard at Texas. So that's you know that's something that hasn't really been the case here in a long time, and Texas hasn't really met that standard in a long time. To 2018 is probably obviously the last time that happened where they at least played for you know a Big 12 title, and then went on to beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. I didn't even mention Tennessee at number 10, so there are four SEC teams in the top, um, you know, t- t- top eight, or no, top ten, four, three in the top five, four in the top ten, and I didn't even mention Florida State at, at eight and Clemson at nine, so two ACC schools. Point of that is, you know, Texas does have a pretty clear path. If they can get on a roll, find that mojo, correct the mistakes of the fourth quarter, uh, that they were making last year and, and getting outscored in those fourth quarters and not finishing football games. If they can, you know, with Steve Sarkeesian, as you said, giving them a, a to tactical advantage in, in the end of games, there, there's not another, at least on paper, at least in the preseason, the speculation, the talking season, there isn't another, you know, real heavyweight team that's in their way that, um, you know, that, that, that they shouldn't be favored when they play, right? And that's even if you were to lose the Alabama game week two at Tuscaloosa, uh, there's... You know, but look, I think the Big 12 consistently by the coaches and the media gets underranked in the preseason. And I mean, TCU was playing in the national championship game last year, the number 16. K-State's K-State be a was a team. But at the same yeah. time, we saw K-State play Alabama last year in the Sugar Bowl and got their doors blown off by Bryce Young and company. So, you know, again, uh, Texas, you know, everything's out in front of them. You start at number 12 and you got to earn your way to climb from there. But because there's going to be so many head-to-head clashes over the course of the college football season above them, you know, there's room to rise if you can win football games, and that's going to be uh, obviously the mission. Um, Ty, you're a betting man. Um, one of the best best uh, football bets, college football bets, over the last 13 years has <laughs> been the under on Texas win total in the preseason. Yes. Since 2010, Texas has gone under its preseason win total in 12 of the last 13 seasons. And what is, it's nine and a so half? That's a mortal lock. Hmm? It's nine and a half this year? Yeah, I believe it is, yes. For most of the places. So. I mean, that's a fair total. I'm just throwing it out. I'm a trend guy, and that's a, that's a hell of a <laughs> 12, trend. 12, 13 years, if you took the under, you'd be a winner. You'd be a winner. That and, is all you're looking for is winners um, in so, the gambling game. But, yeah, I mean, if they go under 9.5, I think most Longhorn fans would see that as, you know, if it's if it's nine wins or below. If it's not double-digit it's wins, Longhorn fans year. be disappointed. Yeah. yeah, it's an underachieving year for yeah. the Longhorns with this schedule. And uh, and they return a, a lot, right? They're, uh, they're one of the 28 teams in college football that return quarterback head coach, OC, and DC. Hell, and you throw in the special teams coordinator, too, who's damn good. Uh, you know, that those are a lot of good, there's a lot of crucial pieces to return um, in, within your 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 football uh, team and your football program. And K-State also is one of those teams, by the way. Kansas is one of those teams. Uh, Texas Tech, that's why people are high on them. They're one number th- 20 in the E and Rod B countdown yesterday. Yeah. We'll hit number 19 uh, today. Number nine, yeah, and they, uh, they actually are one of those teams, too. And, you know, I believe Kansas is the only team that has more returning production overall than Texas in the Big 12. So the reason the expectations are high is because Texas has a lot of returning pieces, but they still haven't proven it yet. This is all theoretical with Texas. Yeah, and I will give you an example of why I think the SEC is consistently 
rated higher in the preseason than the Big 12. I mean, K-State won the Big 12 last year. They return a ton. They're one of those teams you just mentioned. They return a ton. With Chris Kleiman and yeah. their quarterback and their whole offensive line. They have to replace Deuce Vaughn. Tennessee doesn't return much of anything, and yet they're 10th. You know what I mean? I mean, Man. their quarterback is gone. Uh, I mean, they, that's, that's they get just, the benefit of the doubt. Why, yeah, I don't know why. Right. Tennessee, they, they've been struggling lately. They yeah, Tennessee has not like, been something. They, they showed signs last year yeah. with Malik Hooker and Jalen and Hyatt. And, uh, you know, I think, I think, I think uh, Josh Heupel's doing a nice job there. But should they actually be ranked in the preseason higher than, than Kansas State? I don't know. I mean, they're, they're a defending conference champion. Now, look, I think K-State would look at that and say, look at Texas ahead of us. They didn't even play in Arlington last year. We were there. We won the damn thing. Yes, we didn't uh, compete very well in our bowl game, but uh, we'll see. So there, there's some uh, college football conversation. We'll get into that. Uh, is there any anything that when you hear anything more absurd than the ACC talking to Cal and Stanford, the Atlantic Coast Conference talking to school two schools in the great you know, northern Pacific California, Coast. but uh, the, the scrambling is on. I mean, yeah. geography doesn't matter. Um, you know, it seems natural that the the Big Twelve would be interested in talking, but it doesn't. You know, at least to Cal and Stanford because they've already added you know the four other you know four corner schools. But at the same time, the word yesterday is that the school presidents in the Big Twelve are are happy to stay at sixteen. They're happy with where they are, their geography. They don't need to go further. And you can understand Cal and Stanford panicked at this point. Like we need to seat at the table here. And they we, they bring something to the table, sure. right? I mean, they'll uh, they'll improve your academic credibility. Stanford won schools. the Stanford won the Directors Cup, and there you go. That's one of the best <laughs> athletic departments. No, it is. He's right about that. So there you go. That's something else to sell. Yeah, I mean, they to me, I think they are attractive, but for different reasons than why the realignment has really you know taken over college football. But they're still attractive, and they'll, I think they'll find a, a landing spot. I think the ACC makes sense, and maybe this can allow the ACC to renegotiate their current media rights deal right now, which has teams like Florida State looking elsewhere for greener pastures. Well, I also think that, uh, you know, the Big Ten could, could especially if you if Cal and Stanford be willing to take like a third share for the first five or six years. I mean, it's still a lot more they're going to make in anyway. Which they would. Under Fox. Because Washington, Oregon did the same thing. And that could, could alleviate some of the travel issues that you're going to see with the West Coast, right? I mean, USC and UCLA had two more schools. So you're now, all of a sudden you have six schools on the West Coast. Uh, with Washington, Oregon, Cal, Stanford, USC, UCLA. Well, that, that makes the scheduling a little more friendly for the non-rev sports, right? Football is the revenue driver, uh, but for travel, uh, for all the other sports, gosh, for the school that won the uh, Directors' Cup, uh, uh, you, know, you wouldn't have to go east. But obviously, um, Stanford would like to stay kind of a West Coast-centric team because that is one of the things not talked about enough is the players and the student-athletes and their families who were, you know, went to Stanford or went to Cal because they're going to get to – you know, see their their youngsters play up and down the you know the California, you know the West Coast, and now they're you know well certainly with Washington and and USC and UCLA and Oregon going east to play all the time, that's going to be a challenge. But at the same time, we know this is about big business. We know yeah. it's about the dollars, and uh, but it, you know we'll see we'll see where this falls. Cal and Stanford on the phones on the phones trying to work a deal. Help us us help us with a spot here. We're looking for something. You know what? Um I I I think that they are tied together too. They want to be they don't want to be separated either. They want to be a package deal considering their academic requirements and all that kind of stuff. So We'll see if they land. if they don't land in the Power 5, they'll land the Mountain West or somebody like that. I mean, they're going to find a home. Cal and Stanford are too attractive. I can see them both going independent. Stanford definitely could. Stanford could. And Stanford Cal's, definitely could. Cal's had talks about, I mean, getting rid of their to football. Dropping sport, yeah, yeah, dropping some sports. All right. Yeah. And that's been a Berkeley conversation, no question. <laughs> I like uh, how you, you phrase that. That's Berkeley. a Berkeley conversation. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they It don't, is. No, you're right. That's, it's not yeah. an important. What are we doing in this uh, professional yeah. college athletics thing <laughs> that we're doing? No, we can't do that. Uh, all right, so we'll get uh, college football coming up. Uh, Rod will take us behind the burn orange curtain at the bottom of the hour. Steve Sarkeesian talking about camp standout so far. Also, weapons on the offense and more from uh, Texas Camp 5 practices in behind the BOC. Also, some being the uh, Ian Rod B facts of the day before the end of the hour. Major League Baseball, how about uh, see Dusty Baker, cool as he can be at the White House yesterday, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yucking it up with Joe Biden and company. Good. I like uh, it. Astros were there. They're going to be in Baltimore tonight. Big series. Big series with the Orioles. And uh, uh, Orioles had the best record in baseball in the American League right now. Best record there, 70 and 42. They'll get Framber Valdez on the mound. First start since his no-hitter last week, uh, facing the young right-hander Grayson Rodriguez. Grayson, kid from Nacogdoches, he's a Texas kid who originally committed to uh, Texas A&M, Rod, and then got drafted in 11th overall by the Orioles, and he's one of their their top prospects. So that would be a good ball game. Rangers are in Oakland. 
And uh, that's some bad news on Josh Young there, Ty. I mean, you know, injuries are going to be the factor, but you're you're all-star third baseman now out of the lineup for six weeks. And, you know, Bruce Bochy optimistic he can come back, but, man, with a thumb, you know, hit her with a thumb injury, and you got to get some bats and reps to try to get ramped back up. If it's six weeks from now, Rod, that's that's late September. You're right into the playoff you time with you, your yeah. all-star. Uh, you're just hoping right uh, that you get them back and you can kind of hold up in that division until then. And right now it's kind of a two-horse race in that division. The Angels have fallen off. And Mightily. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, mean, I think it's going to come down to the wire, though. I mean, yeah. this is this is, this is as good as it's been between the Rangers and the Astros. Well, Astros fans would tell you they got to kick it in gear right now because this Orioles series is the real deal. Mm-hmm. And Rangers are playing lowly Oakland, who, as we told you, 32-81. and 81. you got to win those games, uh, even if you have to rally for two in the eighth like they did last night to win the game. He's got to win that ball game. Uh, and the Astros are playing the best team in the American League. Rangers playing the worst team. Uh, there could be some real separation here, and that could give them a cushion that um, even with the Josh Young injury, Rangers have, have won their last seven ball games, and um, that they, they've done that without Nathan Eovaldi in their rotation, their best pitcher right now. So, you know, this is this is a big big week right here with the Astros playing the, the best team in the AL, the Rangers playing the least, uh, the lowest bet team in the AL uh, with this opportunity. But Josh Young, that's an injury to keep an eye on. The AL's pretty, I mean, it's going to be up for grabs. like four different teams that you could pick to win the AL. Yeah, I mean, right. in the American in the National like League, it's four, all Braves, right? I mean, the Braves yeah. are yeah, about, yeah. The, the team to beat. But Astros and the Rangers, Orioles, as you mentioned. Dodgers are coming. Mookie Betts had a big grand slam last night against the Padres. Uh, Dodgers are, are doing their deal. They're t- they're pulling away a little bit in the West. Uh, Milwaukee's a good team in the in the NL, but Atlanta's the best team with their thirty over five hundred. Oh man, ten games clear of Philadelphia. Uh, but yes, in the American League, and this is why I think Dusty Baker was 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 optimistic yesterday at the White House. He's got Justin Verlander back. He's got Framber Valdez locked in, so atop the rotation. And Houston doesn't have to win the division; they just got to get in. Because mm-hmm. once they get in, then you got to deal with that experience and uh, all those those runs that they've made, and that that top of that pitching rotation uh, that that is you know unequaled. And that's why I think this is a fun series in Baltimore, Rod, because you know Baltimore's not been here before. These are and Dusty said that yesterday. And do we have that whole cut? Uh, listen to Dusty Baker yesterday because obviously in Washington D.C. the the fans there are either Oriole fans, which is right down the road, or they're Washington no, National fans. Fans, yeah. And here's Dusty Baker talking. Uh, he wasn't meaning to make a joke, but he made a joke that people thought were funny. I said the night we won that if we won one, we'd win two. And so now I got to keep my word. I like keeping. My word. <laughs> and we're in the middle of making it happen. Right now, coming off a great series in New York, heading into a big series in Baltimore, probably the biggest series that Baltimore has had in a while. But, yeah. but, <laughs> see, there you go. I don't think he thought he was hey, making a joke there. I'm known to be honest, you know. But he's right. Baltimore's been miserable. <laughs> and now they're sitting atop the division, best record in the AL, but they haven't had, you know, these kind of pressure packed series before. And it's going to be a packed house. Even the Astros, the defending champs, are in town. They'll get booed a bunch. Uh, but the Astros do have the experience in those moments. Baltimore, brand new to this with a very young team that is a dynamic, rising team that's kind of built. I always say that the, the general manager in Baltimore was with Jeffrey Lunau in Houston. When Houston was building, and uh, Mark Elias is his name, he's now built Baltimore kind of in that same blueprint. And here they come, a young team that uh, you know seems to fear nothing. But we'll see. You know, the, the later you get into August and September, Rod, uh, the more pressure mounts on a young team like that with the Astros and all that experience. So fun series tonight at Camden. We still call it Camden Yard, Oriole Park, mm-hmm. Camden Yard. Yeah. Beautiful mm-hmm. ballpark, downtown Baltimore. You been there? Yes, I have. Nice. Yes, I have. It's great. Kind of tucked in there behind the buildings and uh, really a cool scene and setting for baseball. It's good to see Baltimore back in the mix here and the back in the conversation. They're three games clear of Tampa now in the division. Man, 70. that division is – That's Toronto's got 64 wins Yeah, in the division. I well, the, I mean, the, the Yankees are in dead last place. Aaron Boone got kicked out of another game last night. What's going on? Aaron Boone's a little cranky. He's been kicked out of six games this year. <laughs> uh, but his team is 58-55, and 55, so they're the three over 500, yet they're in last place. And 12 and a half back. They lost the White Sox last night, though. Right? Yes, and the White Sox are tumbling. Talk about my, my pick of the day, the Kansas City Royals against the Red Sox last night. I don't know if you saw this, but that terrible. Uh, they looked down to the first on a third strike call. It was clearly he, he, he didn't check the swing. He, was, he struck out, and then the next, next batter, bases loaded, 
walk off home run. So oh. you're you're gambling. So sorry if anyone took that out there. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. Hey, can't Blame them. Blame you're them looking for TY's gamblers off. pick of the night and pick of the week. We usually do that at the very last segment of the show, right before eleven o'clock in our what's poppin' segment. Also you usually put it out on your social media. How do you follow you? Texas Guy Ty on Twitter. There you go. At Texas Guy Ty. Uh, is how you find him right there. And uh, hit us up. We were looking for names for the new program. We appreciate your help there. Coming back, going behind the burn orange curtain. Uh, Ian Rod B. Facts of the day before the top of the hour, including, how about the, uh, do you see the TV ratings for that Monday, uh, the Thursday night Hall of Fame game? That was pretty wild. Man, the NFL is still king, if there was any doubt. Yeah. And there's a debut of a big show tonight that will get a lot of NFL eyeballs, I have to think. We'll get that coming back. But coming back, it's behind the burn orange curtain on a Tuesday. On 101.9 AM 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. It's E and Rod B. The Horn, Aaron Hogan and Rod Papers, morning 6 to 11. With all the news, stats, and fun you need to start your day. The Jim Rome Show, 11 to 2. Interviews, your calls, and emails. And Jim Rome, the man with a take that doesn't suck. 2 to 5, the Horn welcomes the Rich Eisen Show. Sports, laughs, pop culture, and all-star guests. Then 5 to 7, our very own Patrick Davis takes over with the Sports Complex. Sports analysis, special guests, and more. 101.9 FM, 1260 AM, and worldwide on the Horn app. Austin's sports leader, the Horn. Not in bad shape around town as the crews wrap up uh, the overnight construction of Long I-35 and other locations. Uh, but we're not seeing any uh, huge uh, backups just yet. Some buildups here or there and a few little hot spots. But overall, uh, we're up to a very, very good start for this Tuesday morning. I'm Don Miller. That's your traffic. What's wrong with Rick? He's kind of spacey today. That's Rick's identical twin, Scott. He's not used to answering to Rick. What's going on? Rick asked me to keep it secret, but he asked his twin to cover his shift so he could go to Diamonds Direct to shop. But this is a jewelry store. Yeah, I know. But the prices and selection are so much better at Diamonds Direct. Rick doesn't want the boss to get suspicious, so Scott's here in case the boss sees Rick at Diamonds Direct. But that would mean that the boss is at Diamonds Direct, too? Yeah. We have a lot of secrets. You never know who you'll run into at Diamonds Direct. With unbeatable direct importer prices, the highest quality diamonds, the most sought-after designer rings, the best customer service, the strongest guarantees in the industry. It's just a no-brainer. You think if Scott had a mustache, would he look like me? No. (laughs) Go where everyone else goes. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Well, what if I shaved? Still no. For store hours, directions, and more, go to DiamondsDirect.com. Hi, I'm Jenny Covert, and the Coverts offer you more than the competition, like six GM service locations throughout the Austin area. And to save you time and money, we offer free pickup and delivery for all your service needs. We prove it every day that no one, and I mean no one, gives you the level of service the Coverts do. That's backed by 114 years and six generations serving Central Texas. Give rocks or chance a call and let us prove it. Covert Chevrolet, Highway 71 in Bastrop and Highway 79 in Hutto. Find new roads. We're going abroad for the first time in years. To Spain. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Gracias, Babbel. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Have you ever noticed that when the afternoon light hits your floors, you can see everything, including dust? So much dust. And that floor dust gets kicked up into the air, compromising the quality of air you and your family breathe. Eesh. Swiffer Heavy Duty Sweeper is the fast and easy way to clean your floors with ultra-thick pads that trap and lock dust before it gets in the air. Just a couple minutes a day. And dust is gone. Swiffer Heavy Duty Sweeper. (sighs) Proud partner of the American Lung Association. Folks, imagine selling your home and getting paid twice. I know what you're saying, E, that sounds good. But how's that even possible? To sell your home and get paid two times. You can do it with Orchard. It's simple. Orchard makes you a solid cash offer. On your home, if you agree, boom, here's your cash for your next home. Orchard handles everything from there, including paint, repair, they'll list and show your home. And if your home then sells for more than Orchard offered you, you get the cash upside. That bears repeating. When your home sells for more than Orchard offered you, you'll get that money too. So you get paid twice. And that happens 97% of the time with Orchard. Look, in this Austin market, with so many home buying companies trying to lowball you, Orchard 
is the outlier. They pay you on the upside when your old home sells for more. So let me ask you again. Do you want to get paid twice to sell your home? I know I would, but how's that even possible? So learn how to get paid twice and get a free valuation at Orchard.com. That's Orchard.com. One more time, Orchard.com. Ironworkers Local 482, building Central Texas since 1935. You see their skilled craftsmanship every day with Austin iconic landmarks like UT Memorial Stadium and the Pennybacker Bridge. Ironworkers Local 482 Union is hiring 3,000 people right now for a huge new project. Enjoy full benefits, a pension, and a rewarding career. Becoming a member of Ironworkers Local 482, you accept the challenge to give your best each day while shaping Austin's economic development. Apply today at ironworkers482.org. That's Iron workers482.org Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers Austin's all sports leader, The Horn Welcome back to another edition of E and Rod B in the morning. Oh, that's not the name of the show. Matter of fact, we don't know what the name of the show is going to be yet. It will be something with E and Rod B, uh, but we invite you guys out there to use your creative prowess to help us name the show. You did a great job uh, naming some of the afternoon shows um, that I was on, uh, the triple option with RBKD. I still, I think it was my man. Uh, Nate, they came up with RBKD. I believe it was Dwight came up with the uh, with triple option. And if I'm not mistaken, man, ball don't lie also uh, was thrown out there by one of the fans too. So anyway, you guys done a really good job with it. My point is I think you'll do a good job with this task as well. So Ian Rod B for now until you guys put your creative spin on it. It's your show, so we figured you know you should put your – you're, you're a true stamp on it, and you guys get a chance to name it. So help us out. Uh, you can always do that, Specs text line 512-337-3776, or hit us up um, at uh, the Horn um, FM, actually, our Twitter account as well. You can do that as well. So just go check it out. At um, Also, go to hornfm.com, and you can also check it out there too. All right, uh, let's get to some Texas football discussion. Uh, let's not waste any time. Let's go behind the burnt orange curtain. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, let's get to some Sark audio from his media availability yesterday. Um, he actually uh, brought this up during his opening statement. It wasn't actually a question from anyone in in the uh, the media pool there. He just decided because people always ask him who the standouts were at practice, that he's just going to make it part of his opening statement. So uh, here's Sark uh, telling the media exactly who he thought were the standouts so far in in practice uh, when he met with the media yesterday. You know, some guys that I think are are just really standing out, playing well. I think Alfred Collins had a really good camp so far. Uh, I think Vernon Broughton showed up. I think A.D. Mitchell has really showed up. Um, definitely see the improvement in, in Jonte Cook. Um, just to ask me, so. Yeah, you want to say, uh, I, you guys didn't ask me. I just wanted to tell y'all guys that, <laughs> uh, which is good. I mean, that's something that I think also is more of a compliment to those guys that, hey, man, nobody needs to ask me. These guys stood out. I want to work backwards there because he also brought up the, uh, the D lineman, which I think a lot of people are happy to hear about Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton standing out and being potentially impact players this year for Texas. But the wide receiving core uh, for Texas has been ranked numerous times by, you know, meet pro football focus, other outlets as a top five wide receiving room in the country. Some even have it as the second best wide receiving room in the country behind the Ohio State. All right. Uh, sorry, I put the V in there. Uh, but Ohio State's wide receiving court room, which is always one of the elite wide receiving rooms in the country and has been for the last five, six years. I mean, they right now probably have the the, the title of being wide receiver U. But Sark's done a great job of stockpiling his wide receiver room with talent. And E, one of the names that keeps coming up, Every practice report you read, whether it's at Inside Texas or whether you're looking at Horns 24-7, um, Orange Bloods, we got a lot of great uh, uh, media sites following Texas football that give you great information. A.D. Mitchell's name comes up a lot, a ton. 
A ton. We know Xavier Worthy is going to be the featured wide receiver. He's Sark's number one guy in this offense, especially when it comes to the passing game. But now there's talk that A.D. Mitchell could end up being a really maybe your true number two receiver uh, in this offense. And, you know, J.T. Sanders, I think, also plays a role there. But from what I'm hearing, A.D. Mitchell may also be one of those guys considered to be the secondary option in the passing game behind Xavier Worthy. Well, and his catch radius, his size, I mean, he's got, you know, elite um, traits with that. I mean, we saw him in the spring game with a one-handed catch for the touchdown. That was nice. And he did seem like to be the guy that Quinn Ewers was looking for on, on you know, move the sticks type of downs, third downs. Uh, Money downs. For, yeah, knowing he he's going to get to the right place, get to the right spot, and then catch whatever's thrown his way. And yes, we understand the defense is likely to be locked in. And as you say, the mathematical equation of you, if you double X-man, you're going to get single coverage in other spots. A.D. Mitchell's going to beat most guys in single coverage. And look, he came from Georgia. He left a national championship program back-to-back years who he was a big, you know, integral piece of those championship runs. Um, there's a reason he left to come back to the home, you know, the state in which he grew up in. Um, and that was to be in more of a passing offense that featured the wide receiver, I think, was a big part of that. He's in yeah, Georgia. It's you know, breaking in a new quarterback. They're kind mm-hmm. of built around the tight ends in the run game and the power run game and Brock Bowers. And uh, this is an offense that can feature what he does. And you know what, Rod? I mean, this is, you know, they want to play. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian makes no bones. Come here and we'll try to help you get to your next level, which is the, the NFL. Uh, and A.D. Mitchell wants to be a professional football player. And uh, so, so, yes, I mean, he's coming in all about business, all about, you know, doing his thing and even pushing a guy like X-Man Xavier Worthy. Yeah. No, I, it's it, – like I said, he's probably the most – I think he's probably the, the most popular name I've heard in terms of practice reports and who's standing out. I, I've probably heard his name more than I've heard any other player – from various different reports from everywhere. Now you have Sark himself saying, no, 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 that guy's standing out. Well, to your point about Ohio State, I mean, I don't think there's any debate that the Buckeyes with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Egbuka have the top two receivers, like the tandem in the country, because Marvin Harrison Jr. is seen as a— And didn't think about the guys that just left in the NFL that are also balling out of control with They've been foreign guys in the NFL. Brian Hartline, their offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach, is just the best at what he does, recruiting and then developing these players, and that's what— He's selling to them on the recruiting trail. But Marvin Harrison Jr., the son of the great Marvin Harrison, is seen as a you know Calvin Johnson-type generational prospect, a wide receiver uh, for his size and speed and everything that goes with that. And Egbuka is really a good player, too. But boy, when you're going five, when you start hearing Steve Sarkeesian um, you know, just go out of his way to talk about Jonte Cook, a true freshman out of DeSoto, Who's where is he on this list? I mean, he's four, five, six. I mean, where is he? You're going pretty deep uh, down the receiver hole there. That I don't know that there's a, a, a receiving room in the country that's as deep as what Texas can throw at you. If Jordan Whittington, AD, you know, Isaiah Nayer is back healthy, that's a deep room. It is. We forget about Isaiah Nayer yeah. because he, he got hurt last year. This guy had double digit touchdowns in Wyoming. I mean, he was a and he was a true deep threat before he got hurt, and he may be rounding into form too. Speaking of all those weapons, remember Sark actually even mentioned that he may expand the rotations at wide receiver, and this is a guy that really does not like that. He re, he likes a really tight uh, rotation of wide receivers. Um, he likes to funnel targets to just a certain group of wide receivers, and you really don't see them rotate a lot of guys. Tom Herman loved to rotate a lot of wide receivers in. Well, that was popular around here, too. Yes, he did. He liked everybody to play. <laughs> everybody right? loved those that. Guys. Everybody got some. Why got... is Kai Money on the field on third down in the fourth quarter? <laughs> exactly. We um, love Kai Money. <laughs> yeah, in the red zone, take Colin Johnson out and put in some other guy. And it's like, uh, you take out your six five wide receiver. But anyway, getting back to it, I digress. Uh, Sark has talked about how, really, how excited he is about the weapon that they have in the passing game. Here's Sark talking about those weapons on offense and that mathematical equation that the defense cannot solve that I've discussed. Here's Sark basically breaking it down. I'm very comfortable with more than two out there right now on our team. And I, obviously, Xavier, we, we know what he is. And he's really versatile. I, sometimes I think he's almost better in the slot than he is outside. I mean, he, he's a very versatile player. I think with AD... Isaiah Nair bring is very unique with their length and their ability to make contested catches. I think Jonte sometimes falls into the mold of Xavier where he's kind of a, uh, can play inside and or outside. And then Jordan kind of being very comfortable in the slot. Um, And so, you know, for us, 
if we can deploy five people onto the field, um, you can't double everybody and load the box and stop the run. And so um, I, I think that that's something that we've been trying to build towards on our roster. We feel like we kind of got it right this year. Um, and now the quarterback understanding distributing the ball and getting those guys the ball and all those runners, they're hard tackles in space. They're hard people to get on the ground in space. So if we can deploy people right on the field and we can get the ball to them in a timely fashion accurately, not only should we get completions, I think we can create some run after the catch uh, better than we have in the last couple of seasons. Yeah, there you go. Said, uh, I mean, he, he's essentially, this is the same thing that I told you guys yesterday. The mathemat, you present the defense with a mathematical equation they cannot solve. They cannot double X-Man and double JT Sanders and put eight in the box. They just cannot do it. They're going to be one-on-ones everywhere across the board just because you're going to have to decide, i got to take away one of these weapons. And then that means a Jay Witt and a D. Mitchell, Isaiah Mayor, a Jontae Cook, all these other receivers, they're going to end up in one-on-ones, guaranteed one-on-ones. Your quarterback knows pre-snap, oh, there's no way they're going to double Jay Witt. Why would you double Jay Witt over doubling X-Men? Why would you double A.D. Mitchell, an unknown, unproven commodity, over doubling X-Men or doubling J.T. Sanders? So now that you know you're going to get those one-on-ones, it's, it, it seems like it's going to be too easy for those guys to, like you said, well, to win. Look, I mean, again, this is, I hate to go back to when Sarkis Unless you got really good DBs yeah. across the, Alabama, Alabama, Alabama can do it. Alabama can do it. Alabama couple, can couple do it. A couple teams on K, your schedule. K-State's K- got some really good young DBs, and they had them last year. So you're a couple of teams that can match up. But for the most part, you should present a mathematical equation that they just cannot solve. Well, and, and again, to go back when Sark was calling plays at Alabama, he had that. Same thing. And it, yeah. they, at times <laughs> they made it look easy, Ron. At times yeah. you would think, man, they're, they're already back in the end zone. Good gosh, they just go up <laughs> and down the field. And it's that, the, the equation you're talking about. And I'll also say this. My ears always perk up now with Sark. When you cover a coach for enough time, enough years now, you know, Sark, if you go back to his first year, you know, the, 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 the buzz was Xavier Worthy. Mm-hmm. The buzz was the true freshman. Who's this kid out of California who came in in the summer and everyone's talking about him. Last year the buzz was Kelvin Banks. Who came in in the summer, and you know, next thing you know, he's your starting left tackle and played to a, you know, all American level last year on the left side protecting Quinn Yours. And this year, you're already hearing the name Jonte Cook. You're mm-hmm. already hearing the name. Yep. And you know, Sark even singled him out among the players who have stood out early. And he was an early enrollee, so he was here in January. And Sark was asked about that. He talked about the coaching he got at DeSoto, at DeSoto High, where they won the state title. Trey Wisner was there too, the running back, and Byron Murphy's from DeSoto. I just I, I perk up because you know Sark is kind of the old Nick Saban adage if he's if he's old enough if he's good enough he's old enough mm-hmm. if he's good enough he's old enough I don't care what his age is that guy's showing up and if Jonte Cook adds to what we're talking about uh, with that run after catch don't don't be surprised if you don't see some some you know, four or five plays a game that get Jonte Cook involved no I, I I totally agree with you and you know last year one of the things that hurt X Man part of his regression was. You know, he well, he became the deep threat. He had to be the deep threat. They lost Isaiah and they already went down, and they didn't really have anybody to fill that role, and they forced him to fill that role. He could do it because he says, when we asked him, he's the fastest guy on the team. All right, so he could be just that deep threat, but he actually has, and you just heard Sark talk about it, he can do anything. He can go in a slide. It almost, when you pigeonhole him like that, you almost kind of relegate him and his skill set into, like I said, you're type, he's typecasted. Right? Yeah. Um, and he's, he's a guy that has a much more versatile skill set as a wide receiver. So now when you bring in all these other guys who can fill those roles as one guy can be the deep threat. Jay Witt can be your, you know, your wide receiver screen guy, the run after catch guy. You got other guys that can work the intermediate area of the field. He can be just a feature wide receiver where no defense can really zero in on exactly how you're going to use him. Last year, defenses knew what he was going to do. Oh, he's going deep. He's going deep a lot. All right. And out of those 44 field. deep targets, a 20 plus yards or more, I think he caught nine. That's not a good percentage. That's yeah, exactly. Percentage. So, so, but this year you won't have that. This year you know you don't know who's going deep. Yep. This year you have right. it could be Jonte Cook, could be a, a New York, could be AD Mitchell. Yeah, a lot could of guys. Be X-Man. A lot of guys. And yeah. Yeah, I heard Sark say something there, perked up when he said, you know, spread it to create those mismatches, but also to run the ball um, because you oh, have yeah. a very light box, and if you have the offensive line you think you're going to have. Um, you should have running lanes, and um, that should be an opportunity. All right, there's behind the burnt orange curtain here in the 6 o'clock hour. Good stuff from, from RB uh, behind the BOC. Coming up, we've got the Ian Rodby facts of the day, including who had a worse day than a lady down in Houston.
over the weekend. Lady down in Houston, i got to give you this story. And did you see the TV <laughs> ratings for the Hall of Fame game last week? NFL still thriving, absurd. to say the least. Details coming. It's Ian, B, Ian Rod B. Facts of the day coming next. Glad you're with us. Tuesday, Ian Rodby. Appreciate the names coming in. The morning replay mentioned. Look at my nine-year-old daughter. I got to write these down. Hold on. My nine-year-old daughter suggested the, bo- the boring sports show. The boring sports show. That's actually not bad. I did bad. not support that. I love y'all, but she's nine years old. What's well, true? You know what? I can get that. That's not bad because it can be ironic. Because I well, it's it not boring. It's not boring, but to a nine-year-old, it's very boring. I remember being bored when my dad would put on 610 in H-Town. It's all we listened to all the time. And I was like, man, this is terrible. I love that. that. Pops put on something different. And now every time I go to a a town, I look for the sports radio station because I'm becoming my dad. We all do. Surely. We all do. It's that, that, what's that. What commercial is that? What insurance commercial? Is it Progressive? Who's, the, uh, which one you becoming? State, no, are we trying to teach them how to become, not become, become your parents? <laughs> that is, those are the best. They're hilarious. Yeah, but I, yeah, I <laughs> They're so that. true. <laughs> Come on. Can we put on some Taylor Swift, Dad? We'll listen to this boring sports show for. But I, I love hey, that we story. Because there's true. someone who grew up as a weird kid loving sports radio. Love yeah. that you, I love that your pops loves the sports radio. Oh, God. Cool. All the time, man. If he wasn't listening to James Brown, it was sports radio. We just that. go back and forth. And honestly, I prefer James Brown. Oh, yeah, still going strong. Hey, some yeah. B&E facts of the day here. Or Ian B. Rod, he and Rod B. facts today. I'll get this right. National Pickleball Day, Rod. You a pickleball player? Man, this pickleball is blowing, blowing up. Blowing up. Blowing up. Now I think, like, Kevin Durant owns, like, part of a pickleball a team. Of, uh, like, a lot uh, of celebrities now own parts of pickleball. Well, you know what they're doing now with pickleball? I they're, understand. They're, they're, they're taking over. I don't get it. Because uh, I know it became, out at Onion Creek where I live, there's been a big controversy because they've kind of turned the tennis courts into pickleball courts, too, and there's lines all over the place, and all the tennis players are mad. From what I heard, basically, it's just it's just slow tennis. It's lazy tennis. Well, I'm taking a hard sh- stance against pickleball. It's, well, yeah, it's, you're, yeah, you guys never, are fighting against the wave here. Do? You're fighting against the Because I think this court, is this court down here, yeah. isn't it a pickleball? Pickleball yeah. at our t- office. Oh, right down there. Oh, well, because on, it's, it's... Well, we're on Westlake, so... Well, but the, guess what? They're starting to take over, like, old Best Buys that are shutting down those box stores that can't they're putting in pickleball courts indoors with air conditioning <laughs> yeah c- exactly because it's lazy tennis it's just people, well, yeah, people like, go to people go to bars and play i don't want to work out while i'm drinking beer That's, <laughs> well what's the one right there bold acres right there on yeah, south lamar popular oh, well because man. it's yeah you can play it uh it's not tennis you don't have to have all the gear you gotta have these no, little paddles yeah. and ball so it's kind of like playing ping pong, but mm-hmm. you stand on top of the table that's a little bit bigger. Hey. So you're playing ping pong. Lazy tennis, man. Lazy so, tennis <laughs> is right. Hey, you know what? I'm for it. I'm not against it. Oh, good for you. I don't want to give you this because we used to I listen to play. your dad listened to 610 down in Houston. Oh, man. I got to give you this time. lady. KPRC TV Channel 2 down in Houston. Oh, yeah. You ever watch that, Rod? Oh, yeah, no doubt. How about this lady? Peggy Jones lives Peggy in Southeast Jones. Texas. She was uh, over the weekend riding her lawnmower, taking care of her oh, lawn, no. you know, oh, doing no. her thing. How about this day she had? This is a fact. This is the worst day that I've seen in a while. <laughs> a snake fell out of the sky, she said, kind of come out of a tree, I guess, landed on her arm, quickly began to wrap around and attack her. A snake moments, just attacked her? Moments later, while she's on her riding lawnmower with a snake wrapped around her arm that had fallen out of a tree, a hawk swooped down and started attacking the snake. <laughs> Managed to scratch her pretty badly in the process. I mean, hey, nature, baby. When hey, when animals attack, you remember that that show? Yeah. When animals attack, of I love that show. Show's awesome. You imagine just being out there on that deal, and then oh, oh, now you got a hawk on you, fighting a snake on your arm. No, that would never happen to me. No, I just can't. I, well, she and this woman was in H Town in Houston Down in the in that city. Area. Where does like she the, live? She's out in the, the suburb she's in the country in the, area. In the boondocks. Yeah. yeah. See. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, news, news to Houston has the story. Now, there's no video of this because she didn't have time to get out the phone. <laughs> she's got a snake mm-hmm. on her arm with a hawk attacking the snake. Hey, the hawk tried to help her out. Don't yeah, be mad at the hawk. I know. The hawk is your friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Might have saved like, her life, but she got like that damn snake. Come on. You know what I mean? He tried to take it out. And get some food, get some dinner while he's at it. Somebody said that hawk probably dropped the snake and wanted that damn thing back. That's probably true. It's oh, a good point there, Texter. That is a great point. That's exactly what happened. That was his, that was his meal. That's why he dropped. That's the snake dinner. was fighting. You're right. That's, a, that's exactly the way it went down. So th- what happened to the snake? Now I need to know the conclusion of the story. 
Okay. Uh, Do we know what happened to the go snake? Go ahead and give me, because I'm she, reading through this. Go ahead and give okay. me the fact of the day you have. All right, I'll give you a fact of the day. Give it to me. Uh, because it's preseason football starting this week, and nobody really cares. I guess it already technically started with the Hall of Fame game. Uh, I'm sure everybody uh, is aware that the Ravens, and if you're not aware, you need to be aware, they're the only thing that really matters in NFL preseason because most teams are not going to play their starters anymore. They currently have a 23-game preseason win streak, which is an NFL record. Hey, ties are better, so you betters out there. This is good for you to know. The Ravens are going to host the Eagles on Saturday in their first preseason game, yes. and everybody's paying attention to their 23-game preseason win streak, which is, yes, an NFL record. Their preseason schedule this year, Eagles at Commanders at the Bucks. There you go, Ty. So, yeah, Easy winners. Jim, John Harbaugh takes the preseason serious. He I've, does. I've been on that trend for a few years. Now. Have you been? Yeah, because moneymaker. I don't know why he takes it so seriously, but he does, and they keep winning. There you go. It's, it's easy money. Hey, this says, uh, all right, so the lady was rushed to the hospital by her husband. Turns out that she had some scratches and she was bleeding. Her glasses, because she was wearing a, a proper eyewear when you were when you were mowing the lawn. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got, uh, I got some of those. And that, yeah. that saved mm-hmm. any eye injury. And, yeah, fortunately, Peggy came away from the unbelievable hawk and snake encounter with no infection or serious injuries besides the scratches on her arms. Worst part, because of the lack of sleep since the incident. Yeah. Would you sleep again? <laughs> <laughs> no, because that, I, I, if, it, if that happened to me, I'd probably wouldn't go outside again. I'd probably be one of them, one of them people that I was like, so I'm just staying inside because I got bad luck. That's terrible luck. But then, like I said, the hawk tried to help her out, so that the hawk, the hawk get the snake. Did we, did You're trying we, to help her. And did we find out the hawk got the snake? Yeah, the hawk, got, the hawk got the snake. There you go. See? Hawk got the snake. Nature. And of course, there the snake go. knows it's about to get eaten. Nature. So it's just going to wrap around her arm like, uh-uh. And it's like, now, nah, baby, save me. Save, save me, me, lady. Save me. And she's like, I don't want this damn thing on me. Oh, man, I wish we had video of that. Usually, nah, that's why we, we need video of that. That would have been Somebody epic, said, uh, that's some viral video. That's some big biblical blank right there. That lady needs to go to church. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Hey, speaking of the NFL and facts of the day, can I mention this? That uh, the Hall of Fame game of last uh, Thursday night that I did not watch, Rod, because I have DirecTV and I'm still, I guess, the channel, the the NBC affiliate here in Austin. Yeah, they got some they kind still of still got the deals. So I can't. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. The Jets Browns preseason game averaged 6.3 million viewers on NBC last Thursday, the most watched Pro Football Hall of Fame game since 2018. That number is more than the 2023 NBA playoffs for total audience, the Stanley Cup Finals, the Field of Stream games, and the 2022 MLS Cup. So a game that nobody played in that you've ever heard of in Canton, Ohio, 6.3 million NFL lives and thrives. Yeah, because it's the number one TV show in America, period. In America. And it's not, it's not even close. Not even close. What do you think if you're the NBA and you think you're doing pretty good and then your playoff games get out rated, rated by the Hall of Fame game? Hey, and it's all, uh, Aaron Rodgers, man. People want to see A-Rod. Well, <laughs> they want to see him of, on the sideline. Yeah, he was caught in place. He called, the, he called some plays there, man. Well, because his, you know, his, his offensive coordinator is his buddy Nathaniel Hackett. They're, they're boys like that. Don't ask Sean Payton, though. <laughs> hey, coming back, we'll pick up these conversations. Headlines plus Rod will uh, get you his first rant of the day. And remember, TV ratings. Tonight is the debut of Hard Knocks. Oh, it'll be the it. highest rated Hard Knocks in the history of the show. That's my Black Stradamus prediction. HBO Guaranteed. Yep. tonight, I believe 9 o'clock, is the debut of Episode 1 of yep. Hard Knocks. Following the New York J-E-T-E Jets, Jets, Jets. We're back.